Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. So we've decided to build a library in our house. Uh-huh. Who's surprised? No one's surprised. No one. Uh, so you when know, you say had... we've decided, you mean you decided years ago, and you're just now catching Brian up to the idea? Okay. All right. Just That's it. Quick. That's it. That's the one. Okay. So, you know, we have that, that front room yes. in our house. I call it the bay window room. It has a beautiful bay window. It gets amazing, incredible light. It's a good size, and it has served many purposes. It's been multiple offices for me. It's been a playroom. It's been a workout room, half playroom, all of the things. Well, I want a library and I'm committing to make it, making it happen by the end of this year. And so you have to take baby steps. Uh And so first I was like, Oh, like, I feel like we should move the workout stuff to the basement. Like it's just cooler down there. There's like some more (laughs) space. Like, look, I just think that would be cool. And then Brian's like, okay. And so we moved the workout stuff to the basement. And then he, then I was like, Penny, I think it's time you like go through some of your toys. Like you just have like so many things. You don't need them all anymore. Like let's just free up some space. And so that's about when he caught on (laughs) to like, okay, you're freeing up space. You wouldn't be doing that if you didn't have an idea for the space. (laughs) And I was like, don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) And it has since morphed. And I think all of the best ways. So if you don't know me, I can sum it up. At least my decor style or my at-home personality style is one of, I want my home to feel like a library coffee shop cigar lounge without the smoke and plants and like smells good, but it's like dark and patterned and cozy. And like, if you can picture like the literal library at Hogwarts, it's what I want my house to be like. So I can start with a room, right? Um, so what we're doing is we've had a little bit of a bar cart situation happening in our dining room and it's just kind of like getting out of hand. And so I have since sketched up some ideas of what a library bar lounge could look like. And I get some buy-in, I'm sure. Get some buy-in. And he is so excited about the bark part. And he's like, let's start that right now. I'm like, (laughs) just you just wait. It's coming. So I have great ideas. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, my my favorite way to like (laughs) manipulate the situation. (laughs) 
<laughs> to get what you want. <laughs> it was we were we were having a bit of a moment mid bathroom reno recently, and Jared's like, eh, I don't know, we could just like not do this part. And I said, well, if we do it this way, it'll be a lot longer before I want to change it again. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And he was like, okay. <laughs> well, and what's funny about our little switcheroo idea on this bedroom is that originally we were going to take over that part of the of a room. Right. It was going to be part of your primary bedroom. Mm-hmm. Except I just really didn't want to give it up. It's such a beautiful space. And like, I didn't want to like wall off that part of our entry. And when, so we've been working in the backyard this summer, spring, summer, and we have that hill. And so now we have a glider at the top of the hill. And so you can just like look at the house in a different perspective than we normally look at it. And I was sitting out there one day and I was like, hmm, the dead zone on the other side of our closet and bathroom and part of our bedroom this could just be expanded easier than taking over a bedroom or over a, a it's, I think it's like a formal living room technically. Yeah, I think so. Cause it doesn't have a closet or anything like that. And I was like, I just feel like that would be easier than taking over and like losing a space. And instead you would gain it. And so I basically was like, because that would, because that's a bigger project now, we don't have to do it sooner like we can just we it, we can like save off a little bit for that and do it a different time so we're just going to remodel the room and add some bookshelves and I'm going to do the whole Ikea hack where they look built in and probably paint them something dark and <laughs> get some nice chairs in there well, and maybe you'll motivate Jared to finally do our library because we have a we have a nook picked out for a library mm-hmm. section in our house and his excuse for over a year was wood prices well a two by four not that there's going to be a two by four in it but a two by four is a third the cost it was yeah. a year ago so yeah if yeah. we're gonna get started yeah. Now this is the time. Yeah. Well, and I'm telling you, look up some IKEA hacks because you can incorporate wood with the base oh, of an totally. IKEA. Like there's so yeah. many options. Definitely so, pack systems. I think I want I think I want cabinets all the way across the bottom for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing cabinets, floor to ceiling bookshelves, and maybe glass incorporated somehow for oh, the bar. I need I need a like there's three walls I can work with. So I don't know if we'll be doing all three or what, but if I don't get my Beauty and the Beast ladder situation before my next, not this birthday, but my next birthday, I'm going to be sad. (laughs) I'm excited for you. Mm -hmm. It's a perfect spot for it. And it'll still be, it'll be moody, but still bright. It'll still be bright. Yeah. Yeah. Because the lighting. So. Okay, well, who's excited for part two of our four-part series, The Four Things Every Service Business Owner Must Get Right? We're, are you here? We're, today we're yeah. talking about money. Have, if you ready? haven't listened to part one, I definitely recommend going back and listening yes. to part one. I will say they're very like... The topics are not necessarily building upon each other and that it is necessary to listen to part one first. So you if you're super invested in this first story, if you wanted to. Yeah, it, do, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So the next two are in a specific order though. Yes. So, so keep And I'll mind. fight you on it. Not you, <laughs> oh, okay. but our listeners. Because <laughs> okay. I know we're on the same page. I'm, I'm like, I think we already agreed to we it. We already it's agree on that. Okay. So, oh, I want to talk about money. I want to talk about specifically profitability because Mm -hmm. 
the the thing that we see when we're working with our clients and they're charging great rates, they know what they're offering, like all of that feels good. And yet at the end of every month, they still feel like they're like living client to client, like paycheck to paycheck, right? That that same feeling of scarcity, of feast or famine, of I whole oh, shit, I need the clients to come in or it's not going to pay the bills. And I've, coming from having felt that before in an established business, I at least absolutely felt this doesn't feel fair. I've worked really hard and I built something really great to still feel this feeling. And why is that happening? And ultimately what it comes down to is, is the thing that you're actually delivering profitable? And if you don't know the answer to that, not just, well, I charge this. So yeah, (laughs) do you know what it actually cost for you and your company to deliver that thing? Mm Want to unpack it. Yeah. So this is more than just ultimately your bottom line. Because the the interesting thing about profitability is if you're looking at a business holistically, you could still be earning a profit as a business and have one service or offer that is like really eating into your profit. And if if you're not willing to analyze on an individual product or service basis, then you can kind of get in trouble. And so a big part of what I love that we do inside the incubator is we help you kind of break down your previous offers and how much of the business they ultimately made up. I want you to also consider in that same frame of reference, how much did they make up in terms of revenue But how much did they cost you and your company? That is the core of what we're discussing today. You not knowing what things cost you is critical in you being able to scale in a way that's sustainable. Yeah. Okay. Okay, So I have this quote from a Harvard Business Review, and I'm quoting them just because I think this is the reality that a lot of established service-based business owners need to hear because This way of pricing and selling is absolutely incredible to do as you're starting and you're growing. And it's really easy to hang on to once you're established, but there is a major sacrifice that you're making by continuing to offer it. So Harvard Business Review said the classic approach to funding, meaning paying for the service that you offer, because ultimately, and the reason why I like the word funding, I know I'm interrupting a quote with my own tangent, so I'll get back to it. But the way that this, a lot of the articles that I've been learning and reading about literally just calls it funding, right? Okay. I I know the problem I want to solve. I know my service excellence, which if you don't know what that is, we covered that in, in part one. I know those things. I know the result I'm going to provide and the solution that I'm going to provide that's going to provide that result, right? Who pays for it then? Who pays for it? Because there are countless services out there that don't cost the customer a dime, but they pay for it in other ways. There are services out there that cost the customer a shit ton of money and everything in between, right? I want you to remove all emotion from this part of the equation and literally talk about, I have this commodity, who's going to pay for it? how is it going to get paid for? Because there are a lot of different ways that you can tackle that. But to go back to my quote, the classic approach to funding something of value is simply to have the customer pay for it, right? I have this thing, come buy it. But often it is possible to make that form of that payment take less objectionable or be less objectionable to customers, meaning 
they're not going to object about the price or the payment structure or whatever. There are ways to incorporate to make it less objectionable. Rarely is that done with a la carte pricing for the niceties. Rarely. And I say that to y'all because I know that that's so easy to offer, especially as your business has grown and your skill set has grown. And maybe you've gotten a couple of VAs or team members who can also offer things for your clients. Like that's the easiest way to offer more without doing the work of figuring out what you really should offer. Now let's get into this example because I think this will kind of open up for you about what does it mean to like not nickel and diming people for those <laughs> niceties. Because I think what this will allude to is you're going to be like, oh, oh yeah, I should maybe not. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's do the example first. Okay. So think about your experience at a coffee shop. I'm just going to use Starbucks as an example. You can trade in your best local place here if you want. You go in and you pay for the coffee. It's whatever price it is. Some places are more expensive than others, right? But in some places like Starbucks, you can linger for literal hours from open to close if you wanted to. You can use their Wi-Fi, their restrooms, the electricity to charge your computer. Heck, you can even get paid to be there if you're on the clock for your business. If you're there doing client work, if you're there running your business at Starbucks, you're getting paid to be there, right? How do you think that would change? How would your behavior would change? How would your expectations change? How would your feelings change if Starbucks all of a sudden charging a la carte for everything after your coffee? The funny thing is businesses used to do this. Do you remember paying for Wi-Fi? Internet cafes? Yeah. Okay. You paid for coffee and you paid for your time on the internet using that electricity and using that Wi-Fi. But eventually people are like, this is just such a normal part of the experience. This should be Why should I have to pay for it? And so what do they do? They're not saying on the menu, and this is the key part here. Mm -hmm. They're not saying on the menu, caramel macchiato plus Wi-Fi plus two hours access to the bathroom and my comfy seating area over here. They Mm -hmm. are literally just charging you for, well, they're not just charging you for the caramel macchiato. They are just saying you are paying exclusively for the caramel macchiato, but you're getting access to all these other luxuries or niceties as Emily put them in that quote. And so there are likely things in your packages especially for your service where you're like, I'm going to list all the things I'm doing. What parts of those things have just become so normal, common practice in the industry that you're in? And I think this varies by industry. You need to stop calling them out as special. Mm -hmm. And you not that you don't need to include them in pricing because we are absolutely going to be talking about that. You paid for it. But they but you don't necessarily project that as included. It is Mm -hmm. just, it is either a surprise and delight moment where you Mm -hmm. get to really bonus out these clients that weren't expecting something, or it's something that's just such like a general business practice that you really have no business saying it's extra. Specifically charging for. Right. Right. So I want to take a second though and realize, and I know this will date our episode, but I don't care. We're in 2022 and things are a hot mess in some industries. Mm -hmm. Marketing feels different right now. Selling, landing clients, 
raising our prices, figuring out our offers, figuring out what it's going to take for us to scale up in a way that feels in alignment with our values and with the the market, the vibe of how everyone is feeling is very unique right now. I do believe that there is a shift coming for how we serve others, for how we show up for them, for the results that we provide, the price that's attached to that and everything in between. I know that simply charging more for your service might not be the right answer depending on your industry and your client. Now, if you're using it as the answer because you're too scared, that's a different conversation. I actually like literally have scripts for you that you can send to your clients to get more money out of them. But I absolutely understand there are some industries where you're like, I'm already at the max and I'm still over here. Like, what do I need to change because I can't keep working like this? That's that's what I want to figure out with you. Right. But it is time to get creative. It is time to look at the holistic piece of your business, the entire part of your business, how you run it, what you do, what your team does, what your systems do, what the structure is, who your clients are and everything in between to get creative, to make sure that what we're doing is profitable. Yes. And so tell them the goal because it's my favorite. The goal here is to create a win-win between your operational savings, i.e. the amount of profit you keep in the business and the value add services that you're providing as part of this. And I really like looking at this as a packaged approach, like everything it takes to get XYZ result that we talked about in the last episode, um, the things that you are focusing on, the things you're conceding on of your service excellence, the problem they, your clients Mm -hmm. have the solution you're providing everything that goes into that, not just the things they sign on their contract, but what it takes to run your business while doing this. Because here's the mistake I see people making, and this is very common. You can get really far doing this, but people are typically only charging for the time they're actively working on a client project Mm -hmm. and time exclusively. Like they're like, okay, I want to make X dollars an hour and I know it takes X number of hours to do this project. Da, 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 here's the price. If you've gotten to the stage of business where you're at six figures, you likely have other operational costs. I'm not saying it's massive. Like most people have a fairly small overhead at those early six figure stages, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean there's not other costs that don't exist. You have software that you're running. Um, you have agreements with, you know, your internet provider and, um, you have hard hardware, like you have a a computer on your desk, you have the desk, you have the chair you're sitting in. There's all sorts of things that it takes for you to run the business. If you're thinking about that coffee shop, well, sure. It's the Wi-Fi and the restrooms and electricity, but it also is the building, the maintenance Mm -hmm. of the building, the parking lot, the concrete that they had to pour in the parking lot. Like, over time, you have to pay for those other things. And mm-hmm. so if you think about your service, they're not just paying for the time you're actively working with you. They're paying for everything it takes for you to create that. And for some of you, that means you need to get paid when you're picking up your kids from school. You need mm-hmm. to get paid when you're making dinner. You need to get paid when you're marketing to other people. You need to get paid during the sales process. I'm not saying they're actively paying then. Right. 
but functionally, but you cover those other parts of your job. Exactly. Functionally, operationally, they need to cover those costs because you're incurring costs all the time to just Love live it. your life and run your business. And so are you baking in enough? Want to learn exactly step-by-step step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Yeah. Um, and for those of you who immediately got overwhelmed and clammy, <laughs> I just want you to know that numbers are my favorite part. And like, uh -huh. I have spent the last decade of my life dedicated to figuring this out and have developed some incredible tools that we give our clients inside of our incubator program. So if you're like, I don't even know how to calculate operational costs or 
What is it? She built it for you. I have a whole calculator that is set up and ready to go so that we can help make sure that you are appropriately adding margin in for those things. Um, And while there's no set, oh, this project should be at least 50% profitable. Like there's not like a set margin you have to hit, but it depends on, you know, what you're ultimately looking at. I think if you're looking at just the service itself and your time and like what it costs to run your salary, then you should probably have 75% margin there. But that doesn't mean you're keeping all of it. The other margin, a chunk of it's going to be operational, a chunk of it's going to be hardware, a chunk of it's that. And then at the end of the day, you may end up with 20 to 30% profit and be really happy with that. But it's all in the planning. And I, I think so often you're just thinking about the clocking in and clocking out for that one client. And it's so much more than that. Yep. Yep. So I want to give you some examples again, so you can kind of think about how other services have paid for their value add. So this specifically, it isn't just the service that you're delivering, right? So Abby's painting the picture of like, there's a lot more that goes into you just being like, I'm working on this client work and here you go. And that's what I got paid for. But when we talked about your service excellence, how are you showing up differently? What are you sacrificing, right? Some of those ideas that you maybe generated are going to cost you money and or time. Who's going to pay for that? Because it's not just, let's just add a shit ton of value to the things that I'm offering. And it stays the same price. And I'm just like perverting, providing service excellence. And that's great. We, we have to like get that paid for still. So here are a couple of examples. I brought up progressive uh, earlier in, in part one. And I gave an example of how they stand out a little bit there and win customers. But one of the things that they know in they're an insurance company, if you didn't know, that their customers value really high levels of service. They value like an in-person conversation with an agent, with a representative, and that helps them feel comfortable if an accident happens, right? So one of the service excellence mechanisms that Progressive came up with is they wanted to send out a representative in a Progressive van immediately, sometimes showing up before the police do when an accident happens with one of their clients. That costs them money. They pay for that person. They pay for the van. The person has to have a system that's notified that an accident happens. They have to have enough of those people in the areas that their clients are in so that they can get there faster than the police. Can you imagine how expensive that costs Progressive? Well, they're not just doing it because their people love in-person service and that's a value add for them. Progressive learned that it actually pays for itself. So the customer isn't paying for that, but it still gets paid for because everything costs money. Because what they found was that a lot of insurance claims, specifically automobile, are fraudulent, meaning the accident didn't happen or didn't happen like people said it did. And they're trying to get more money from insurance. Well, Progressive said, if we can send someone out there to aid our client and support them, we can also put eyeballs on what actually happened. And the amount of money that they are saving in less default or fraudulent claims, which means less legal fees with progressive attorneys, literally pays for that service. Yeah. Win-win. They have figured out a way to bring down operational savings while providing a high value benefit. I'll give you an example that's more in our industry really quick. I remember when Emily and I first started our business, 
there were things I knew we wanted and needed in our business. And I Mm -hmm. was always trying to jerry rig solutions for ourselves. Mm -hmm. But eventually Emily had a come to Jesus moment with me (laughs) and was like, we really need to start paying for some softwares because this is getting goofy. And so I was like, great, I'm going to research how we can get this to pay for itself. And I literally had that motto for the first several years of business. I was like, if we're going to get something new, it needs to pay for itself. Because I didn't necessarily have a plan to pass along those costs. Because some of the costs are hard to bake into your other things that you're doing, and you need a plan to get them paid for. And so it, it could be as simple as having an affiliate code for something you're using and say you're setting up a certain ser- or software for a client. You're doing an install of sorts. You might pay for their first year of service with that software, but you get a kickback for all the years to come that they continue to use that service. That may cost you up front, but pay for itself 10 times over the lifetime of them being a customer. And yeah. that's just one example. But like, there's unique ways to get funded. So to speak, mm-hmm. that I think you're not even necessarily thinking of. Yep. Talk about this next example. Okay. So this one, I also think you all can absolutely still, like maybe you're not sending out a van to your clients to sure. help them. Right. But I mean, the thing that I can kind of brainstorm from that progressive example is like, okay, say you're a website designer, right? And you want to add on value of other things, maybe like coding or development or SEO, like you partnering with other service providers that's going to help your clients see better results. And again, have that kind of kickback relationship with each other gets them like the thing that they need holistically, like, and functioning better. And you maybe don't have to pay for that. Okay. So this other example, so Intuit, it's a software company. They decided as soon as they had their software out very early on in the days, and y'all might not even remember this, but they decided for their customer service, their customer service line, like, Hey, this part of my computer is broken. The software, I haven't figured it out. Help me that that would be free. And that was not normal at that time. It might feel normal now because you can just like call what I feel like any business and like try to talk to someone. But tech customer service lines with softwares did not used to be free. You used to like pay for a membership for that. Um, So they offered free customer service for tech help when other software companies charged. That enabled them to hear directly from their customer base what the issues were with their own product so they could update them and fix them and it gave them new ideas for new offers. So they eventually, even though they offered it for free, are getting less calls than their competitors because they're improving their offer as they go. And so like, I didn't, co- I didn't copy over this quote from the example, but it was something like the Intuit you know, CEO or whatever was talking about like, how, how are you offering this for free that must cost you so much money? And the when he was looking at his competitors who even charge for customer services, like they're still not making money off that because their calls are through the roof because no one's, they're getting paid for it, but they're not being able to improve their product. So people are still confused. So they're still having to offer something that people pay for, but that amount of money isn't justifying keeping that expense. Yeah. Cause they're having to pay for all the service agents who are right. answering the phone. Right. 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 The wash for them. Right. But for you, Right. The question is, that's going to help you identify, okay, where can I save cost? Where can I like literally lower what it costs for me to deliver this service? I want you to ask yourself, what are your biggest cost buckets? And I can pretty much damn near guarantee you that I can guess it. And I bet you that it's the same for all of you. What is it, Abs? 
I mean, the biggest one for sure is your time always. It's your, it's your, your time. You are the most expensive cost in your business. As you grow, you become your team. But at least initially, I would like to think that your pay, (laughs) (laughs) how much you earn is the biggest cost to your business. And I think it's interesting that a lot of people didn't even factor it in. They're like, well, I'll just get paid off of whatever's left. I'm like, what? Like, let's figure out what you want to get paid mm-hmm. and what you need to get paid. There might be a difference between those two things. Yeah. Fine. But like, what do you need to do to thrive and have your business set up for success so you can get paid what you want and yeah. need? And I just... It makes me sad when people aren't even covering that. Because I, the amount of times I've seen people walk in and they're like, here's what I'm getting paid. And here's how much time I'm spending. I'm like, have you done the math to figure out uh-huh. literally like you're making less than the federal minimum wage? Like if you right. continue doing right. what you're doing. Right. And like, well, and like the number one thing that's going to help you in your decision fatigue of which clients to say yes to, which projects to say no to is knowing this. Yes. Oh, so <laughs> the biggest thing you can do is know how long does it actually take you to do your freaking service? Mm-hmm. The amount of time that people are like, mm, I don't know, it's this. I'm like, do you you're know? Lying. Do you know? You're lying. You're time underestimating. Yeah, you're underestimating so much. And you're not considering the amount of times I pe- hear people say, well, like, you know, the time I'm actually doing the project is X, but I'm also communicating with them. And project. I'm like, the communication and the project management is part of the total time. Part of it. It's all of it. Yeah. And if you're still charging hourly and you're only charging for the time you're actively working on the You're project, not getting, you're working for free. No. <laughs> like let us help, let us help you. And I know this sounds like intense, but like, it's because women are too nice. <laughs> like truly. You're keep saying yes. And that's fine. If you want to be the person that wants to continue to be the yes woman, which I can work through that with you if you want, <laughs> build it in. So you you're can at least still make it, it cost what it needs to cost. Yes. 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 I know plenty of seven figure business owners who continue to be yes women and have no desire to change that. And my desire is to have you get paid for all those yeses. Yes. Appropriately. Appropriately. Adequately. Okay. So we have a couple of thinking questions for you to ponder. Mm-hmm. So you're at this stage and you're like, got it, got it, got it. I know, or I'm at least thinking of some ideas for my service excellence. Is it going to cost me more money or time? Who's going to pay for it? How much does it actually cost me to deliver my service? How much time does it actually cost take me to deliver my service? What are areas where I could create a win between operational savings and the value that I want to add to my clients. Those are all your goals. Here are some questions I want you to ask yourself. Can you scope literally ask you this? Can you scope your projects with precision? Okay, for real though, like the Did you feel people- did you hear my blinking? <laughs> the amount of people, okay, so like say you're a website designer. Like the amount of times I've seen fully custom website as the deliverable. I'm like, how many pages? Yeah. Are you writing the copy? Are you yeah. doing photography? Are they providing it? Like, And what pages? If it's a product site, is that a thousand products, 10,000 products, three products? 
are you uploading the products? Are they uploading the products? Who's like, who's responsible for what in this situation? And the amount of times you guys have these so loose contracts, it would be nearly impossible to hold up in any court just blows my mind. And so what ends up happening is you have the projects never end because the clients won't go away because you had no clear end in sight. Mm -hmm. And so I much rather, this is an upfront conversation, guys, let's make your projects clear. Let's make the deliverables defined in a way that are, it's quantifiable. So you know where the end is. Yep. Yep. And there is still a way to do that. If you work on retainer. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Cause we got it. We We got got you. We got Don't you. even try to fight me on that because we got you. Okay. Another question I want you to ask yourself, can you prove direct attribution of the results that your clients are getting to the engagement, to the deliverables, to the thing that you're actually providing? The problem you said you wanted to solve, is there a direct correlation with what you serve and solving that problem? It's like a checks and balance system. Do you feel it? Do you see it? We identify what the problem is in the result and service excellence. We price it accordingly. Now does the thing actually do what I said it was going to do? Yeah. Like just as an example, maybe you <laughs> exaggerated a little bit and you said, I can grow your traffic by a hundred times in the next 30 days. Well, my friend, can you look in 30 days from now and check my analytics and prove that my traffic went up a hundred times? If you can, damn, you can sell that shit all day long. Great. Do that. But I'm going to say you probably have a more realistic, tangible result that you're after. Great. That's fine. But if we can figure out a way to measure it, oh, my God. Not that I get some of you are going to be in a strange, super specific industry where it's really hard to quantify that end game, that end result. Like one of our clients, she's in ecological design and she does like total landscape transformation and it's really about like giving back to the bees and like planting natives and all this stuff and it's like unless you were gonna do I guess she could technically I mean honestly I should probably tell her about this unless you're gonna do like a carbon test and like see the difference in the soil over the next three years like it's kind of loose you know like Well, and I would still, I would argue that there's still KPIs that can be found there. So like for every pollinator plant that you plant, how many bees are attracted? So if you planted 10, how many bees did you just now attract to their yard? Like there are still ways to look at it about bringing in native creatures and pollination. And okay, if you're attracting 100 bees, then that means this much food can grow or like, what the fuck ever, right? Like, I'm literally making it up. It gets really, it can get kind of loose. But like, it's not, we're not trying to have you make up results. But uh, can you provide that attribution? Because what happens when you seal the deal on these kinds of things is all of a sudden, the dollars that someone spent utilizing your service, mm-hmm. they now make sense to them in a really like foundational way that makes you, they're excited to recommend you because you just did such a good job for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and get like they have the recommendation, the in words in a tangible example. You instead gave of being them a like, presentation about results, which we talk about in the incubator oh, too, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so good. If you want that, hit us up. Hit us up, girl. 
So I hope that at the end of this episode, we've got you thinking about what does it really take for you to run this service fully in every aspect of it? Can you identify what projects are bringing in the most profit for your business? And do you operationally know where you might have some of those niceties that you're going to fund in a unique or different way? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What are some things you maybe need to take out of your deliverable language? Because Mm -hmm. they're just like obvious Mm -hmm. things, or maybe something you want to surprise someone with. Yep. What are the things I'm telling you, the people who are going to give the biggest pushback on this are our 10 K plus consistent earners. Yeah. And I'm telling you, you're the ones who need to do this the most. Because if you actually want to ethically scale, if you want a business that allows you to sleep and see your friends and get paid really fucking well and take a vacation, and not resent your clients and not get your reputation ruined because you're ignoring people in your inbox, then you need to be paying attention to this. And it's those of you who think I've gotten it this far and I can just like keep skirting by and like clearly like the messy middle is like going to continue to serve me. It's not. It won't. And I want you to be paying attention to this because like literally everything is on the line for you. That's my PSA. Because at the end of the day, if you don't have money to fund the business you're running, you're not going to have a business to run. Mm-hmm. And I want, mm-hmm. I, I want you to not just have a business to run, but I want it to fund the life and lifestyle that you want. That's, that's literally our whole mission here. Okay. We're creating more financial security for y'all. And so part of that is financial education, which is literally what we're talking about here. How are you going to price your goods and services to be in alignment with what's going to provide for you long-term? And how are you backing that up with results that you're getting your clients that sets you up for quality referrals down the road? That's foundational stuff, man. And it's really going to set you up for success. So I hope you come back for part three. We are going to be diving into systems that are going to help you ultimately structure this. I was going to tease it and say, it's our favorite S word. Oh, oh, it is our favorite S word. I can think of a couple other ones, but they're maybe not PG. So (laughs) anyway, for those of you who found this really fascinating and you're like, I need help figuring out what these numbers are. I need help figuring out what these results are and how I can measure them. Then I encourage you to apply to the incubator. It's a really simple process. Go to bossproject.com slash incubator and then send us a DM over at Boss Project on Instagram. We would love to hear from you. Hear what parts that you're unsure about and where we can support you. And if you're in one of those like unique niches, I'd love to come up with something really interesting for you to measure those results by. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. 
Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.